Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves. In the program this week, we hear from Corey Jane before the second Bledisloe Cup test, talk football with the Phoenix and the All-Whites new coach, and we catch up with Mahi Drysdale for the World Rowing Championships. We also look at the New Zealand swim team aiming to improve at the Pan Pacific Championships, and talk to the New Zealand tennis player Artem Seatak about his US Open campaign. The All Blacks are looking to move on from their disappointing performance against Australia and lock up the Bledisloe Cup when the sides meet again at Eden Park on Saturday. After a dirt draw in Sydney, the All Blacks are focused on sharpening their execution as they try to keep alive their 20-year winning run at their Auckland Fortress. The winger Corey Jane will play his 50th test match and he was asked about what he remembers from his debut in 2008. Uh, six minutes, I remember that. I remember running out about an hour and a half too early to warm up. I was too nervous and uh, yeah, it was, and we won. It was in Hong Kong. Um, so that was, I remember that. Um, now it's, there's a bit more pressure on the 50th as a team because we, we were average last week. So uh, you know, try and get the job done and then worry about the milestone. How frustrating was that game from a winger's point of view? I remember you told us, I think it was after the, the Needham game, about you know you may only get two touches in a game but you want to make it count. It seemed like in that game you didn't get any touches at all. Yeah, it was, it was a very frustrating game. I think um, you know, the, the trainer said that I'd run the second most uh, metres in, in the whole game. I was chasing kicks, or, you know, doing work off the ball, um, chasing everything I had to and stuff like that and got the ball two or three times. So... I was very frustrated. We had uh, we, we checked the film and uh, did our review, and there was opportunities where we could uh, you know, take it to this Australian team or, or get behind them or or break their line. But we just our skill set let us down. You know, we were a bit too flat. It was wet weather. Um, you know, we take another meter and, and just get our catch pass uh, a, a bit better. You know, we would have taken a few of those opportunities, and as it was, we didn't um, put ourselves under a bit more pressure. And, and Aussie got kind of bit more confidence and, and kind of controlled the game and definitely in that second half so um, you know we were we were disappointed but you know we get a beauty of rugby another week to improve. This is a team that has been in these situations before what's been the key to, to you guys generally historically bouncing back with a good performance? Well I think you know our skill set was the was the main factor you know like I just said we had opportunities where uh, you know we could have dictated the game and uh, and built up a few more phases and, and had a few more opportunities that we could have taken and we didn't. So, you know, at the end of the day, we're playing at international level and uh, and not club rugby. So we've got skills. Uh, we just need to take advantage of them and, and, and play a bit better, hold on to the ball and, 
and really try to you know, see what the sweeter space is or the mismatches and take them because you know, we're, we're wise enough to do that. Talking cool. about your skill sets, um, not being so good last week, but it's typically previously in years you've built well into a season, but this time you seem to be sort of a bit up and down, fluctuating, and it's. Can you put your finger on why? Yeah, I think you know we we planned for. Uh, we didn't plan for the weather, and then we come to the weather. No one had talked about it really, and we went out there and played rugby. And it's not necessarily getting out there and changing the whole game plan, but maybe a little bit of depth, you know, so we can get the do the moves we wanted to, or you know, do the phases we wanted to. But I guess we we try to catch it on the line, pressure the D, pressure the wet ball, and still try to do the the moves, uh, put us under a bit more pressure and. And then we didn't take the opportunities that we had presented uh, in front of us, and then Aussie kind of you know, took it to us and, and put us under pressure. So losing a couple of people uh, to the yellow card doesn't help as well. Um, so you're, you're, all of a sudden you're on the, the back foot. But I think our defence helped pretty well uh, when we were down. But it's just yeah, skills. We've got to hold on to the ball, or we've got to make the, the right choices, and we didn't do that in the weekend. Corey, is there a balance between I guess guys going out individually wanting to? Kind of prove a point, you know, uh, lift your own levels, and I guess keeping to a, the team concept and not 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 pressing too hard as individuals. Yeah, but I think you know, especially at All Black level, if you just do your job and everyone does their job, you're going to play well, or the performance is going to be good from from both aspects. Um, you don't necessarily need to get the ball and fly around and do everything because then you'll go out of the system and you might look good, but the rest of the you know team play will be pretty average. So. I think you know everyone just needs to do their job. You know, like last week for me, trying to hit the ball was was tough. So my job was to chase kicks all day, and that's what everyone was doing inside of me. So I just did my job and chase kicks. It didn't look like I was doing much to people watching TV, but you know, I done my role, what I was supposed to. So I don't think we have to go too far out of the system to to try and play well. You know, we just need to go out there and, and do what each individual has to do to be. Uh, to do well for part of the team and hopefully we click. Is the uh, parental Kamatua of the All Blacks, what advice have you been giving Conrad? Conrad, uh, I told him to stay on one. Um, don't be silly enough to go to four because uh, you don't run the life anymore, they do. And uh, I try and tell all the guys that haven't got kids, stay on none. It's the best decision you'll make. He was silly enough to go to one, so now I tell him to stay on one. All Blacks winger Corey Jane. The Wellington Phoenix remain confident of securing playmaker Michael McGlinchey, despite an independent Football Federation Australia arbitrator ruling the All-Whites midfielder is still contracted to A-League rival Central Coast. The two clubs have been battling for the services of the 27-year-old during the off-season, with the Professional Footballers Association believing he is eligible to move across the Tasman. A change of ownership at the Mariners left McGlinchey's contract in limbo. The Phoenix general manager, David Dome, says he had hoped the matter would have been resolved in their favour. It's not that we're surprised, it's just a, it's a bit of a process you have to go through with these sorts of things. And uh, We thought that we were on a pretty sound footing. Uh, certainly all the legal advice that we were getting uh, said that we were. Uh, I guess we have to be conscious that we're only actually an interested party in the whole process. The, the actual uh, dispute is between uh, the PFA, the Australian PFA and Central Coast Mariners, and we are uh, really at the end of that line in terms of what the final decision happens in that, in that contract dispute. So really it's to do with when, 
I suppose, ownership of the Mariners changed and the legality of contracts and that sort of thing. Am I correct there? Yes, that's right. So there is... Uh there is there is different documentation which says the ownership changed last year, and there is um, that the FFO believes that the ownership has yet to happen. The ownership change has yet to happen. So essentially, what what it means is when that does change, and this is our this is the the advice that we've been given is when that advice, when that ownership does change, then Michael will become a free agent. The actual ownership hasn't been finalised yet. Uh, well, that's what the that's what the lawyers are discussing, and that 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 the heart of the issue is where does Michael McGlinchey's contract lie? Now, the arbitrator said last night, based on what he has been told um, from submissions by the FFA, that the contract is still with the old company of Central Coast, and in which case, if that is true, if the old company still is the licensed uh, Central Coast team in the A-League, then Michael McGlinchey is still uh, contracted to that club, uh, to that licence. Um, but then it's just a case of when that licence transfers to the new company. But the new company is running it? Well, I guess this is the this is the the thing that the lawyers are are, are discussing and trying to work through is who is who exactly has the license and who exactly is running the team in the A League at the moment. Are you still confident? Well, as confident as you can be in these sorts of uh, legal matters, that um, certainly all, all the advice that we've given we're uh, getting says that when their ownership changes, that Michael McGlinchey has the ability then to sign with the Phoenix. How is he? Oh, look, he's pragmatic. Michael's very pragmatic about this. He's obviously disappointed. He wants to get on with his career and, and start playing football here in Wellington. But uh, I, we've got, you know, we're rallying around Michael and, and we're, we're keeping his spirits up and saying, look, we're going we're gonna to follow this through right until the very end. Um, and he's happy that he's, he's training with the Phoenix now and, and, and his, his family's here as well. So, look, he's, um, he's being pragmatic about the whole thing. Uh, I suppose one good thing is you've got a little bit of time uh, on your hands, haven't you? That's right. So the A-League doesn't start until mid-October, so there's a bit of time to get it all sorted out. There's, you know, we are pushing this through as fast as we can, there's no doubt about this. It's not good for a player to have his career in limbo until you know lawyers have finished wrangling over his contract. So we are pushing through as fast as we can, um, but the reality is, is that the A-League starts in mid-October, and it has to, surely it has to be it's, you know, sorted out by then. David Dome talking to sports editor Barry Guy. Meanwhile, the new All-Whites coach, Anthony Hudson, says he isn't interested in selecting players who want to pick and choose which international football matches they'll play. Tommy Smith won't play for the All-Whites for a year after requesting a release from the international team. Smith hasn't been included in the team to play Uzbekistan and Tashkent next month, with New Zealand football having granted him a year off from international selection. Hudson says that decision was made before he came on board and he hasn't spoken to Smith about his decision. I need to sit with uh, every player and, and um, figure out if the player's in, you know, motives are right and he wants to commit to what we're doing and commit to the All-Whites. And if I feel he's not committed, then, then we don't want him here in, anyway. But that, that goes for every player. And that, that's, uh, but I don't know that about Tommy. I, I, I need to sit there. I need to share with my ideas. Uh, our plan now going forward, how we're going to play, how we're going to work, uh, you know, how we're going to manage overseas players. Uh, by that time, I'll have a better, a much better idea of, of the, the landscape. Um, but, but I need to be convinced that a player is going to be committed to us. If they're not, then yeah, then it's, it's an easy decision. So there'll be sort of an ultimatum at, at some point. Um, 
Well, listen, this goes for every team and every national team. It's, it's, it's simple. If, if someone doesn't want to play for you, and this is not directed at Tommy at all, I'm talking in general, if a player doesn't want to play for you, then you don't really want that person in your team. That's, just, that's simple. But again, this is not directed at Tommy because I've not even spoke to him and, and the squad was picked before I come here, just got my visa. I, 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 the right thing to do is go and, and, and get over there and see him in their environment listen to, to to their experience and and uh, you know of their, their their experience with the national team speak to them about what I want to do and then we go from there I'll make my decisions after that Anthony um, they say you only get one chance to make a good first impression so uh, feeling pressure ahead of this first camp meeting a lot of these guys for the first time yeah. no not really I'm just uh, to be honest um, it's been it's been a long time there's been a lot of interviews and uh, you know, a lot of meetings, and, and I just really want to start. You know, I want to. I've got my visa, thankfully now, um, and I just want to get out and, and, and get stuck into the, the the players and training and, and preparing for the game. But I don't feel uh, the only pressure I feel is what I put on myself. I don't feel any added added pressure. Is it something you've um, had to sort of wrestle with the idea of a, uh, an overseas coach such as yourself? Uh, instilling a sense of national pride in a bunch yeah. of guys from a different country. What I need to do, and what I've already started doing, is 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 come here and try and immerse myself in the culture, um, try and learn about the culture. Um, I had the same experience when I was in in Bahrain, being being British, uh, and you know I I felt um, when I lived there, I love I loved it when I lived there. I love the culture. Um, I respected the culture. I really bought into the, you know, little things like the prayer times and, and all sorts of things like that. And um, I felt after a period of time, I I could really speak on behalf of, you know, on behalf of the national team and behalf of what the country wanted in in, in that sense. So um, I think I think it's just about me coming in and being willing and being, you know, to learn about the culture and the heritage and history and, and understand what it means to be a Kiwi and an all-white. Um, that, that's, that's for me as important as, as you know whether we play three-five-two or four-three-three. It's something that's um, you know I want to learn. Uh, you know I've, I've already got tried to make contact with the All Blacks coach. I know it's a really busy time for him at the moment, but uh, you know as, as soon as he's got a moment, I want to get over there and meet him. I want to learn about the All, All Blacks, and I want to I want to learn from other coaches in, in New Zealand. Um, I want to visit as many places, as many uh, local clubs in, in the National League. You know, that, that's, that's something that is, is very, very important to me. That's the All Whites coach, Anthony Hudson. New Zealand has 13 crews competing at the World Rowing Championships in the Netherlands next week. 11 of those crews are in Olympic classes. Five-time world champion Mahi Drysdale will compete against 32 other athletes in the single skulls. After taking a break following his Olympic success in 2012, Drysdale appears to be back to good form after winning World Cup regattas in France and Switzerland. The season, um, as you say, has gone really well so far. So, um, you know, feeling fairly confident. Um, I've had a, a good build-up in Slovenia the last uh, six weeks. So, yeah, feeling feeling pretty good. But, you know, the World Champs is the pinnacle event and this is when, you know, everyone will show what they uh what cards they have so yeah well, we're looking forward to, to getting out there and racing and and uh you know seeing seeing how the form is do you expect or should we expect much 
different to perhaps how we've seen the regattas go far go so far this year? Do you think anyone's holding back? Um, you know, I, I think Andre Sinek, uh, he he's probably got a little more in the tank. Um, you know, he had had some personal uh, uh, issues with uh, you know losing his father, and um, you know that's that's never going to be easy uh, on someone. And uh, so, you know, I think think he could certainly um, you know show show a little bit more speed. Um, you know, apart from that, I think the A final is going to be very similar to what you see in both Equilet and and uh, you know Lucerne with with very similar numbers and uh, sorry very similar names and and then it will just uh, you know come down to to who can do it on the day. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite exciting to you know be back in in uh, form and and being able to race and hopefully uh, you know be up the front of the field uh, challenging for that gold medal. Yeah. Uh, so are you happy with where you're at? I mean, you've had the Olympics, you had the time off. Now you've worked your way back up to somewhere where you're happy. You're, you're back to your best, are you? Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm back to my best, but um, you know, I'm back to being competitive. And uh, I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with where I am. Um, I'm, I'm ahead of kind of the, the plan. Um, you know, the plan was to be competitive this year. You know, hopefully challenging for a medal. Um, you know, I think I've already proved uh, that that I've found that speed. Um, and so, you know, now now I feel like I, I am in a position I can challenge for the gold, um, whether that comes off or not. You know, um, I'm I'm not really too too worried because uh, you know I'm certainly on track on that kind of uh, four year plan um, in performing in Rio. So, you know, that's that sort of uh, I guess job done this year. Um, but you know, it would be nice to to be able to uh, take another world title if uh, you know I get the opportunity. So it's it's Rio, is it? You've still got to get plenty of kilometres under your belt. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Rio was always the plan, um, and you know that was partly to do with the, the time off last year, and, and obviously, uh, you know, poor results, uh, you know, came from that, um, not doing the preparation. So, um, but you know, again, uh, I was. Uh, it's something that that I sort of said. Well, okay, that's that's uh, what happens when you don't train, and um, you know, it was it was all about Rio. Uh, so I certainly wasn't too too worried about um, you know what happened then. Um, but you know, this year has has been really pleasing, and you know, I've really enjoyed being competitive again, and and really found that hunger. You know, to to be back and uh, you know winning races uh, is a is a fantastic feeling, and uh, something you you just want to keep doing. What about this New Zealand squad? So many uh, crews, uh, contenders now across, you know, um, so, so many uh, classes. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, very exciting to be a part of. Um, you know, we've got the, the old hats, as, as you'd say, you know, the, the proven, um, you know, performers and medalists. Um, but we've also got, you know, a lot of young young crews coming through and uh, and performing really well. So, you know, it's a, a really nice mix. Um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, already we've had, you know, the, the best year we ever have, uh, you know, through the World Cup season as a country. We won the World Cup series, um, which we've never done before. And, uh, you know, that was a, a fantastic result, you know, five golds at um, both the, the World Cups. So, you know, it's it's something, you know, we're, we're certainly, um, you know, happy with, with that success. It gives you a lot of confidence. But, you know, this is the pinnacle event. So uh, I think we're all striving to, to try to perform um, as well as we have at, at those those preview races. But, 
you know, I, I think uh, this team has has got the experience, has got uh, um, you know uh, enough uh, in the tank that that you know we'd expect to to continue um, you know some of those results on. Obviously, uh, you know I, I think five gold medals is is probably uh, at the the very top end of of what's possible. But you know if we could uh, win even even three, um, you know that would be a fantastic result. And uh, you know I think we're we're certainly capable of doing that. What are your thoughts on Hamish and Eric doing a, a, a second boat, being in a Cox uh, boat as well? Yeah, well, you know, again, it's uh, trying to mix it up a wee bit. Um, you know, obviously, uh, they've they've uh, gone, you know, through last Olympic cycle unbeaten, and um, you know, a, a lot of the competition has uh, has has uh, decided that they're too good, and and uh, they've gone to other boats. So. You know, for them, it's it's about finding challenges, and and you know this is obviously uh, you know a, a pretty big challenge to try to win two events in in one regatta, and um, you know I think uh, well they on form says they should um, you know they should do it, so uh, yeah it'll be uh, great to to see them um, you know try a new challenge, and and hopefully uh, it comes off for them. So is it more about challenges for them rather than? You know, just making sure that they win a, a, a title, which they've done so many times now. Yeah, I think I think for them, you know, they're, they're just trying to um, you know keep things fresh, and and obviously, you know, again, Rio is is their big goal, so um, you know, they're they're trying to trying to find uh, you know little things to tick off along the way. So, you know, it's just a, an, another thing to to keep the motivation going, and um, you know, it's a, it's quite a big big challenge. So, you know, it's always as an athlete you want to push yourself and um you know i think that's uh you know what they've decided to do this year is is the the way to to um you know just just do something a little bit different that's mahi drysdale talking to barry guy after a disappointing team effort at the glasgow commonwealth games the new zealand swim team has a tough assignment to turn in a much improved performance at the pan pacific champs starting today on the gold coast in Glasgow, only Lauren Boyle and Sophie Pascoe won medals in the pool. And women's team coach Gary Hurring says preparing for the Pan Pacific Champs with such a short turnaround does present problems. It's a very high-level competition. Uh, it's probably not as well-known in the New Zealand public eye, but uh, it's probably one of the top two or three high-level um, championship competitions for swimming in the world. So... Yeah, with the Americans and the Australians and the Canadians, Japanese. It's basically all the countries that aren't invited to the European championships. So it's uh, it's going to be an exceptionally high-level competition for us. Is there a feeling that among the New Zealanders, both the, the men and maybe, or maybe more the men than the women, that there's a sense of having to prove themselves or they've got something to improve upon in the wake of Glasgow? I think that um yeah that's a fair comment um I think that there's uh there's always that challenge and, and to try and better themselves it's a very very short turnaround so um so we've basically got to you know get back into some work and then do a very very quick taper and prepare and and just have a go uh to see because uh we we were all trying to peak for Commonwealth games knowing that this was coming on the back of it. So it's, it's a very tricky thing to do for an athlete and for the coaches. Uh, but, yeah, we are trying to improve on those results from Glasgow. Is there a feeling of disappointment among the team? Oh, I, I wouldn't say so. Um, you know, there's... there's, there's oh, that's a tricky one. It's 
it's an area that uh, where you know that there is some disappointment, there's some feeling of success. You know, where Lauren did very very well. There were some spatterings of, of good results. Probably not overall the results we wanted, but uh, you know we are trying to pick it up and, and have another go here. You mentioned there Glasgow was sort of the, the peak, so that's obviously a, a tough assignment, isn't it? When you're going into a competition of this quality, whereas the and your peak was a couple of weeks ago. It is. I, you know, I, I shouldn't say it was our main peak. We've always known there's two major competitions. Uh, but this one uh, is um, it's just on the back, so we really were trying to do our very, very best at, at Glasgow. So in some regards, it's a peak, but we've always known right along that there's going to be a back-to-back competitions here with this one as well. Personally, I'm, as a coach, I'm always looking for improvement and for best times. That's the ultimate litmus test on, on how an athlete's going and... Uh, and that's, I believe, what the athletes are always looking for as well. When they when they do their very best, it's a it's an achievement, it's a, a positive result, and that and that's what we're really looking forward to here. Conditions, I mean, the whole everything sort of on track, is it? Uh, yes, it, it is. Uh, it's the the stadium and the complex here is uh, it's really very very good. It's very state of the art. Barring that we don't have bad weather conditions, because it is an outdoor facility. Uh, I think it's going to be a very good competition. It's going to be a high, very high-level meet. Um, could potentially be some world records broken here. Simply because of the quality of the field? Quality of the field, competition, the facilities, yeah. There'll be an outstanding atmosphere. There's uh, very, very good... Uh, it's going to be the Commonwealth Games pool complex for uh, four years' time, so they've, they've really made um, a great job of the facility here with... Uh, with um, a lot of seating and there's going to be a great crowd atmosphere here. And the quality of the field, I mean, there are some very big names there, aren't there, especially from the American team? Yes, yes, definitely. This, uh, this, um, I mean, the American team is, is full of the Olympic gold medalists. So, uh, um, you know, Michael Phelps and uh, Caitlin Ledecky just broke a world record just uh, about a month ago and, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be an outstanding field of competition. And who's Lauren's main competition going to come from? Um, well, she's got uh, the, the American girl Caitlin Ledecky to race against. So uh, it's going to be a very very high level uh, competition race that one. Caitlin, as I said, she just broke a world record just the other day uh, in the 800. She's on paper uh, a little bit ahead of Lauren. So you know it'll be it'll be a fantastic race. I think that Lauren will be having a go and seeing what she can do um, against Caitlin. But uh, it may just be about just having a good race and seeing if Lauren can improve on her times from Glasgow. On the men's side of things, Glenn Snyder's I presume is sort of the, the leading the light for the men. Yes, yeah, he's uh, he's looking strong on. On paper, uh, medals are going to be tricky uh, or difficult for him, but uh, he he is in that top four or five uh, going into this race, so he's definitely got a shot at that. A competition like this, it must it may be a bit of an eye-opener for some of the New Zealand swimmers, is it, when they see the size of something like the Japanese squad with 80? Oh, yeah, it is. It, it's, it, it's outstanding. And, uh, you know, yesterday we were in the pool first for our warming-up session and... Uh, 
and the American team, the Australian team, and the Japanese team all came in in one go, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite something else to see the the size and magnitude of these teams. The New Zealand tennis player Artem Sitak makes his Grand Slam debut in New York next week, playing the men's doubles with the German Benjamin Becker. 28-year-old Sitak, who was born in Russia, has climbed the doubles rankings this year up to his current position of 78. He told Barry Guy that a few months ago he wouldn't have even thought of making the main draw in New York. Well, I wasn't really expecting to play there. I mean, I had uh, I had a goal of getting into US Open, but that was uh, a little bit... Uh a little bit far of five weeks ago where when I was ranked only like 134 in the world. And then um, I uh, I won the ATP 250 event in Stuttgart in doubles. And that boosted my ranking up to 88. And from there, I, um, I knew I had a really good shot of making it. And uh, I played uh, four big tournaments with Marcus Daniel, another Kiwi. Uh, in Canada and USA, and uh, we did really well. We did exactly what I uh, what I needed uh, in terms of points, and um, yeah, I'm safely into the main draw of the US Open. So, is is doubles your thing, or you're pursuing singles still? I will play singles when I can. This year, I uh, wasn't able to play uh, too many because uh, I was doing really well in doubles, and since I was playing big tournaments. My singles ranking wasn't good enough to be in the main draw uh, straight, so uh, I had to miss uh, singles qualifying. Um, so I, it's actually, I guess it's kind of a good thing that I was missing those singles qualifying because that means I was playing well in doubles. It just turned out, you know, this way uh, that uh, right now I'm a lot higher ranked in doubles than in singles. But I'll, I'll definitely keep keep playing singles and uh, uh, and I keep working on it. But uh, but doubles is uh, is my main thing right now since I'm ranked uh, I'm ranked 78 this week, and uh, I just want to go go higher. I know I can go higher in doubles, and uh, and um, you know who knows what's going to happen there. So uh, yeah, I'm just you know looking forward to the next uh, the end of the year, of course, the US Open, and then the next year. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'll get a regular partner. Hopefully, a Kiwi like someone like Marcus, maybe Marcus Daniel, um, and we will have a Team Kiwi and uh, on the ATP tour, uh, that would be uh, that would be great. So you've accepted. Uh, I'm sure everyone wants to be a champion at singles, but you've accepted that because of your success and uh, just the way it's going, that um, doubles is uh, the road you're taking. Yeah, I, I did. Ex- yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a different life out there when you play the ATP. Uh, ATP events, the ATP tour, and even like the Challenger tour, or obviously the Futures tour. It's a completely different life, and uh, it's. Uh, I, I tried singles for uh, for a long time. I got to 290 in the world. Uh, I was close, you know, I was close. But then last year I started doing really well in doubles, and I figured, you know, I'm just gonna see where 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 that takes me. And uh, it's been it's been great this year, and I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and so you're hooked up with Benjamin Becker. How'd that come about? Well, uh, I know Benjamin for a while now because we played the same tournaments together. Uh, we never played doubles uh, with each other, but uh, this year when I when I went to Dubai, the HP 500 event, and uh, I was hoping to play doubles qualifying there, and uh, I see Benjamin just sitting in the players' restaurant eating by himself. So I just I just came up to him and and asked him if uh, if 
uh, he wanted to play doubles together. So we did play doubles there. He didn't have a partner. Uh, we played doubles and we played really well. Uh, we beat uh, the top seeded team in qualifying, uh, and then we lost to Davidenko and Hanescu, who are really good players. Obviously, we lost a very close, uh, very close match in three sets. And after that, we kind of decided, you know, if sometimes we'll get a chance to play together again at the big events, we'll we'll do it. And uh, after I won that Stuttgart uh, Stuttgart event in in uh, just few, uh, five weeks ago, I asked him if he wants to play U.S. Open, and he said, "Yeah, if we get in, of course." Yeah, he was uh, you know really happy about that. So yeah, I'm glad uh, I'm glad it worked out. We're safely in. So. Uh, yeah, and I like playing with him. I think he's a great player, so uh, yeah, looking forward to that. And the U.S. Open, I suppose anything could happen. Really, draw comes into it, but you've got a bit of form on your side. So, what sort of uh, hopes do you have for Flushing Meadows? Well, uh, yeah, obviously everything is it's gonna it's gonna depend on the draw in the beginning. Um, I um, I know I'm gonna be playing really relaxed and and I'm going to be really enjoying it that's 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 what I did in Wimbledon I never played a grand slam before in Wimbledon qualifying I, I was I was really really enjoying it I like I like the big events I like the big stages I like when a lot of people are watching that gives me extra energy extra adrenaline so I know I'll be I'll be playing my best at, at the US Open and um the draw comes out on Sunday you never know we might play anyone from Brian Brothers to Walcott you know you, you never know Artem Sitak talking to Barry Guy. Also competing at the US Open are Marina Rakovic in women's singles and doubles and Michael Venus in the doubles. That's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz and you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. I'm Alex Coogan-Reeves and we'll have more extra time next week. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.